Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today, January 13th, 5.55 p.m., I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law... Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm not. Instead, tonight, I'm joined by my very inconsistent co-host and wife. Some know her as Lauren. I refer to her as Gizmo. How are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm good. Yeah, you're joined by the other sibling tonight. Yes. So hopefully I'll be just as entertaining, but I can't promise that. Because Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But Ryan's a character. You'll certainly be uh, less vulgar. I'll try. The commentary, can't promise anything. The commentary will probably be a little bit uh, less from outfield. I don't know. You just gave me a glass of wine, so we'll see. Glass and a <laughs> half of wine, yeah. actually. What are, you, what are you drinking over there tonight? It's a pink Moscato mixed with, what is it, white... Uh, white Zin? White Zin, yeah, Zinfandel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I got a nice little fresh Coors Light over here, glass of water, and a cup of coffee in my Chewbacca mug. So we're well hydrated tonight, <laughs> folks. We got an interesting show, pretty off the cuff, actually. We have very less of an agenda than we usually do. Uh, Ryan is actually going to Japan a week from yesterday, so he'll be leaving this Saturday the, what will that be, Lauren, like the 20... The 19th. The 19th. So he needed to get some rest. He uh, had a college buddy of his come in Friday night, and maybe it was Thursday, whatever it was. I think it was Thursday night. They stayed up pretty late playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Ryan is someone that really struggles traveling. Well, I wouldn't even say that. He just, when he's exhausted, he hits a wall and he's done. And so with the jet lag, with the long hours of work... I mean, he's he's going to hit a wall, and so I want him to be rested because that, that time difference, it definitely takes a toll. So we kind of made the executive decision between Rusty and I to tell him to get some rest this weekend so he's all prepared to make the most of Japan. Absolutely. Yeah, it was more or less me Friday night saying, hey, dude, Ryan and I were originally going to revisit uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, kind of revisit our thoughts. I've kind of been salivating over all things Star Wars lately. Basically, looking at all kind of all kinds of ridiculous Star Wars Episode Nine leaks, even though they're just basically clickbait on YouTube, and rewatching the Last Jedi, the Force Awakens, the original trilogy, the prequels. I'm Star Wars crazy right now, looking for any ounce of footage details that we can get from Episode Nine. And so Ryan and I, once he returns from Japan, we are going to revisit our thoughts on Last Jedi uh, from some recent leaks and news. It sounds like. We're going to get our first first footage of Episode 9 February 3rd when the Super Bowl airs. Hmm. So um, that's my guess when we can expect to see somewhat of a teaser. It sounds like the marketing team for Episode 9 is going to be much different than what we've seen previously. It sounds like they're going to be much more cryptic in their way that they market the, the movie. So my guess is when February 3rd rolls around, we're going to see, from the article I most recently read, we're going to get kind of a montage of footage from Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and just a snippet of whatever episode nine the subtitle may be. But Mm -hmm. from what I've read, it sounds like it's going to be much more darker. You know, we've seen a lot in the past, like uh, Return of the Jedi, all these kind of like hopeful, the the, the, new hope, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think this one is going to be more along the lines of Revenge of the Sith or... um, 
what was um, like the Phantom Menace, like something that's more darker as opposed to, you know, the rebellion lives or something like that. I think it's going to be much more different and darker than that. But Lauren, you know, I could talk about Star Wars for days. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Star Wars today. We might talk a little bit about Star Wars. But before we get into the agenda that we don't have written up tonight, why don't you give the listeners, I think the last episode you were on is the, I quote, because I looked at the stats before we recorded, the second most downloaded episode. Oh, it's only second. Episode 10, when the House of Mouse meets Gizmo, Mm. you're the second most downloaded episode after Ryan and I's first episode. Oh, really? How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was always like one download below Pete for a while there. You were. (laughs) So opening Pandora's box, episode nine, was the second most downloaded episode for so long. But eventually you surpassed him. Yeah, there you go. So So, feel pretty good about that. Yeah, so we have um, 7 million total downloads of the uh, the podcast. Yeah, I don't don't necessarily believe that one. Not actually. (laughs) We actually have about 2,000. That's pretty good. But my, my, my point in that is saying that we may have like two or three listeners more than we did at episode 10. Welcome. So why don't you talk to those two or three episodes about yourself a little bit? Maybe when did you start playing video games? You know, when did you realize that this was a hobby that you you really considered something that you enjoyed? Mm-hmm. And maybe what's your favorite game of all time? So, um, I'm Ryan's little sister. He's the other co-host of this podcast. And growing up, you know, I had this cool older brother that I always wanted to hang out with. Well, and cool is one word to say. I don't, yeah, I don't it's, know. you know, it's the word I'm choosing mm-hmm. for today. Okay. And I really wanted to hang out with him, but... Um, he's very much someone who avoids drama and, you know, doesn't want any part of that. So I learned very quickly that if I wanted to be, you know, best friends with my brother, that I'm going to be super chill, going to play video games. And it's kind of, I don't know, something that I started to pursue. And so we started playing Super Smash Brothers. We played Halo together. And that's kind of where my love for gaming came from. Um, but again, I don't go into the crazy, like, you know, Rusty's finished 86 games this year or okay. 2018, Hold I think. Hold on a second. First of all, in 2019, I've finished two games okay, so far. Okay, so last year in 2018, finished a whole lot of games. 44 and so very, to be exact. Come on now. You told me 86. Keep me, uh, whoa. When did I say that? Like two weeks ago. Uh, I was 44. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, so. Check. I'm pretty sure it was 44. You keep talking. <laughs> so I'm very much someone who leisurely plays games. Um, more into Pokemon, Harvest Moon, um, that kind of thing, just a casual gamer. And while I like playing games against the guys, uh, sometimes they get super into it. Um, I can with Super Smash Brothers. It ends up being really competitive. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of my gaming background. Only been to one Comic-Con, but hope to change that again soon. That's one more than I've been to. That's crazy. We need to go out and cosplay and everything mm-hmm. well when we originally met um you know there's a lot of things that have changed since we've been together uh, most of which has been the length of my hair yeah yeah and so when you deal. first met me i was probably about 30 pounds less than what i weighed now probably more than that i don't know it's been a while since i weighed myself um and i had about well i had no hair when you met me so yeah, you always shaved your head and and what did ryan call me back then well <laughs> So we went back and forth and we called you Aang from mm. Avatar The Last Airbender. I think it's pronounced Ong according to Aang. It is Shyamalan. definitely not. Okay. <laughs> no. So funny story. We actually, a bunch of us in high school, so my maid of honor, her sister, and then my brother, we all went to 
the Avatar movie in high school and we painted, you know, the arrows on our heads and everything. And we get in there and they pronounce Aang as Ong. And I think they said Appa wrong and everything. Like, just completely trashed the entire series for us. And so, like, midway through the movie, we're all, like, trying to, like, scratch off the arrows on our foreheads (laughs) and not be ridiculous. Some people just got up and left, like, five minutes in. But we stayed purely for the, you know, amount of time that we could just scratch off these arrows from our heads because they were, like, painted on there pretty good. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we called you Aang for a while, and because uh, you looked almost identical to Aang yeah. when I met you. And then your mom's a hairdresser, and she, um, you know, her and I laugh about it because she's like, yeah, I've been trying to get Rusty to grow out his hair for years, and I knew it would take a girl to convince him. Pretty much. And so when we started dating you, you just started wearing a hat for, like, months. Yeah, very reluctantly, I should say. Yeah, and then once you kind of took off your had after like six months you suddenly had hair and then you started styling it and that was a big deal yeah so i think if we did go to comic con like you could definitely pull off off, uh, lara croft yeah and i could definitely pull off maybe nathan drake yeah well i was gonna go as katara and you were gonna go as ang so i started making the costumes and everything now we could probably go as like when they went to the uh, fire nation and ang actually had hair we could probably pull that off or I could just get one of those like little bald cap things that like yeah, it's a hard pass. Oh, but... <laughs> that would work. Come on now. <laughs> Alrighty, so why don't why don't you talk about what is your favorite game of all time? You didn't mention that. So I think I talked about this on episode ten, but it's um, Super Mario Sunshine. So that's a just... GameCube classic. Some might yeah. say it's just such a cute game, so well done. And what I found is that a game that you played like this past week is almost frustratingly similar to Sunshine. Oh, it's perfect. It's actually better than Super Mario Sunshine. It's not. I will fight you every day on that. Mm-hmm. What is that one called? Well, I'll get to that in the, the games that we've been playing recently okay. segment of the anyway, show. Anyway, so Super Mario Sunshine, by far my favorite game. Just going around, collecting the shines, and um, yeah, just going through the game. And it's just such a fun little town, and it's such a different take on Mario. You know, I grew up playing um, like the classic... Mo- Mario at my grandma's and um you know you'd have the do 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 and then the whole like na 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 so Ryan and I whenever we would get in trouble we would go na 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 and I think our parents <laughs> hated us for that but uh, that's probably okay. more the reasons than one yeah but so it's just a, such a different fun cute little take on Mario and so I came to love it and then you get to ride around on Yoshi and depending on what fruit you feed to Yoshi he changes colors and yeah just a fun little game. Interesting. Well, one of the things that I want to do in the show, and we'll do that a little bit later on, maybe after the games we've been playing recently, you actually wrote into our last episode. And I don't know if this is the one that aired or if this is the one that's going to end up going live next weekend when Ryan and I pre-recorded our Kingdom Hearts episode. But anyways, you asked because you kind of struggle with finishing games mm-hmm. and committing to them. Because mm-hmm. since we've been together, I think you've started Professor Layton <laughs> and the Unwound Future, my personal yeah. favorite Professor Layton game. You started Kingdom Hearts 1. You got to Deep Jungle, the Tarzan world. Yeah, not very far. Yeah, really struggled to commit to this relationship after you gave up <laughs> on that game. What else did you play? You played um, Shantae on the PS4 for a little bit. Tomb Raider, the reboot in, from 2013 on the PS4. Well, okay, hold on. So that one you kind of just picked up where I was one day, and then you finished it for me, so I just watched you. Yeah. So I wasn't going to go back through and play it. You weren't very committed to that, though. But there's a lot of... Kinda well, like, I liked it, but I think I... <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, we're only a year and a half in. Mm-hmm. But, 
Yeah, there's a lot of games. Most of the games that I play, though, are like Pokemon or Harvest Moon that, you know, you can pick up and put down at any time. It's not a finite storyline. You know, Pokemon, you beat the Elite Four, but you can go back at any time and, you know, finish collecting all the Pokemon, fill out your Pokedex, and... Um, Hold on a second. We're gonna. We need to. We need to. Pokedex. Talk, we need to talk about this a little bit. Why do you and Ryan refer to the Pokedex as Pokedex? Because I just copied what he did growing up, and I just learned it that way. Pokedex. There you go. Hmm. You happy? Like I, I wonder if it was like a pronunciation thing. Like he couldn't pronounce his X's. Like what was the deal with that? I couldn't pronounce my R's, so mm-hmm. you know it might be unrelated. But hmm. I don't know. We'll have to go back through all of our childhood, you know, tapes. And okay. Family videos and see how we pronounce it sure, when we were sure. young. Okay. Well, <laughs> anything else you want to add there? Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to committing to some games in 2019. Yeah, so I talked to Lauren, you know, because she wrote in the show last week or whatever it was, two weeks ago, and she asked, you know, how can I commit to a game? How do you guys play a game to its completion? What are your go-to relaxing games? What are your go-to games when you really want to revisit a classic or just a new game in general. And so I picked out five games for you, all on five different platforms. Mm-hmm. I originally was going to pick three because, you know, you, when you and I kind of created our, I don't want to say New Year's resolutions because I feel like that's, you're setting yourself up for failure. Well, we had some realistic goals. So typically with New Year's resolutions, you're like, you know, I've never ran before, so I'm going to run five miles a day for the next 365 days, and they're super unrealistic. But... I don't know, we set up some pretty reasonable goals for ourselves in 2019, both, you know, in our relationship, financial, and then different hobbies that we want to pursue, work-related. So one of my, you know, goals for 2019 was to finish, to completion, you know, three games, which I didn't do last year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just want to build on, you know, how well I did last year. And same with books, you know, I finished, I think, nine books last year. And so, you know, the goal is always to improve and, um... Just grow your your scope and your, I don't know, your impact. And so I'm looking to kind of dive into three Play games. more games. That's your main goal this year. And so I, there's no secret, I have plenty of games, probably too many. And I picked five from my catalog, again, mm-hmm. from all different consoles. I think some of them are part of the same console generation. But you know what, Lauren? Let's switch things up a bit. I'm going to grab those from the dungeon right now, talk you through each of the five games that I picked and why, and how I think that you can very successfully complete all of these within the year 2019. Sounds good. All Ready right, for the challenge. All right, why don't you entertain the listeners there for about 30 <laughs> seconds? So, hello. Um, I don't know what else you don't know about you like me. long walks on the beach. I do. I like long walks on the beach and dogs. That's why I sent in like... 20 pictures of dogs in my last email right into the podcast. Pina coladas and... Ooh, I don't know about the coconut, but... Okay, so again, I picked five games. Uh, One of them is going to be a challenge because it's going to really force you to kind of commit to it. Mm -hmm. It's not an experience that you can kind of after work just lazadaisically pick up and play. Um, But if you do commit to it, it was one of my favorite games of last year. And it's a game that I think came out in like 2014 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a very big fan of Thief yeah. and that character and that world. And so I think that this is a game very similar to that, but better, superior in every regard. But we're not going to get to that first, Lauren. First, we're going to get to a different game because 
You are obsessed with the dogs, is that right? Yes. Okay, so this so is a actually, game... actually, wait, actually. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> I had Nintendo dogs growing up and was obsessed with, like, taking them on walks and everything. And uh, I'm just, you know, super bummed because our apartment doesn't allow dogs and I want one every day. I think I send Rusty, like, three pictures a day of dogs. And so... Like in our She's first year, <laughs> in our first year of marriage, he got me Nintendogs just to like entertain me for like, you know, five minutes a day to get that fix of giving a dog a bone and everything. But, but that didn't work because story. we're actually going to move apartments here in a few months yeah. because you quite literally cannot live without a dog. I can't. I, I can barely go until like April when we move to mm -hmm. buy a dog. So it sounds like a personal problem. Have you consulted someone about that? I mean, I consult you every day and well, someone that has professional experience that I like, probably should. I should probably get like they're really they're they're, they're known as shrinks dog. actually. Okay, so the first game that. that I've recommended for you is a game that is one of my favorite action RPGs of all time. Mm -hmm. A series that has not seen a title since I would say, gosh, it was the Xbox 360 generation, 2012, 2013. I think was the last game in the series. And this is a game that's very special to me because it was a time when. I think I got this game in... Let me see the year it came out real quick, okay? Mm -hmm. This game came out in 2000 and... Hmm. Seven. Wow. Okay, so this was definitely Dark Times. 2007, I think I probably picked it up... Well, I, I pre-ordered it at Circuit City of... Oh, wow. Of all places. Yeah, a place that is no longer in existence. And... I was still going back and forth between my mom and my dad, but spending more time with my mom because things were a little shaky at my dad's house. And I had a CRT TV in my, my room at my mom's house, and I brought my 360 over there. I pre-ordered a game called Fable 2, okay? Oh. And this game, you'll see the front cover here. This is my original copy. It's very special to me. Still in outstanding uh, condition. And... Lionhead Studios, Peter Molyneux. Seriously, please bring this series back. I'll let you kind of like just browse that title right there, okay? So this game is set in Molyneux's weird little universe. It almost seems like it was set in like the 16, 1700s type of thing, okay? And so you're like these two little orphan kids and your sister ends up getting killed, okay? And you're kind of thrown on the streets from what I recall. I'm playing, I'm talking from experience from 10, 12 years ago when I when I played it, okay? Um, and so you play as this young boy, and when you start, it's, it's years after your sister's been killed. Mm -hmm. And your journey is essentially going back and finding the man that killed your sister. And this, this game allows you to have a companion, oh. and that companion's a dog. Okay. I need to play this. You can be male or female, very much like Skyrim as far as the customization options. Mm -hmm. You customize your appearance, your character, and it's it's much more cartoony mm -hmm. and, f like, I guess... Um, well, I've played a Fable game before, so... Goofy, as, as opposed to the Skyrim games and the Elder Scrolls games. Um, but what's really unique about these games is that there's, there's morality tied to yeah. your choices. And so whether you're good or bad, the appearance of your character will quite literally change... To the point where if you're, you make all morally sound choices throughout the game, you actually have a halo what above a your head. Or you literally, as you look on the back of the, 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 the case there, you grow horns. Hmm. Um, so I actually bought a um, Fable game in college. And then I got probably two hours in and then the game froze and shut off. 
so I never actually got to finish. It wasn't for lack of commitment on that one, because I think the game is fascinating, but in this one, you get a dog. I don't remember a dog in the last one. You might have played the first. Yeah, I think I got the first one. I think we have it here still, because I don't think I've like gotten rid of it, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely need to play Set that. Set in the world of Albion, uh, you can walk up to different townspeople and pick your nose, do little dances, pull out a ukulele and do all kinds of crazy stuff just to kind of gain their respect and trust. Um, or you can prank them and cause them to hate you. And that again, adds to that negative mentality of growing horns and stuff like that. But that also feeds into the actual gameplay and campaign, um, where you can make choices in the main storyline to cause your character to be, well, it um, actually impacts like the, the actual storyline, right? Like it mm-hmm. change yeah. what happens in the outcome of the game. Well, not necessarily. If I remember correctly, the ending is a little bit disappointing. Um, I think I remember that regardless of your character's choices at the game, there's essentially three options you can choose at the end of the game. I won't mm-hmm. spoil it, but I'm pretty sure there's only three distinct endings um, that really have nothing to do with what you've done up to that point. Okay. So. Can you have multiple saves so you can be good in one and then just a you can just kind of yeah you can create different characters okay. yeah mm-hmm. very nice no Looking so I think that's it. a really fun recommendation for you one that I think you'll really enjoy um, it's not overly complex as far as the battle system you have a gun you have a weapon a main weapon of choice. And um, it's it's very much hack and slash, like Kingdom Hearts. So this one is kind of, I can grind through after work. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of... It doesn't. <laughs> no, it's it's more of a fun, relaxed experience. There you go. Nothing too crazy. But I think it's one you'd really like. So this next one is actually a recommendation from Mr. Pete Door. Oh, Pete. Okay, thanks. so this is a game uh, that originally released on the PS1 called mm-hmm. Klonoa, Door to Phantom Isle. I've never heard of it. It is a two and a half D platformer. Two and a half D. By Namco Bandai. Namco Bandai. And look at these cute little guys. How cute it is. His eyes. He's such a good little friend. He looks like the slime from uh, Dragon Quest. A little bit, yeah. And so you play as a seemingly weirdo little dog looking character with large ears. ears. And if you've ever played Kirby 64 The Crystal Shards, it plays very similarly to that. Mm. It's just a really fun, cutesy platformer that really just invokes lots of joy and laughter. And it's just a game, if you want to smile, you play Klonoa. This is definitely like a good winter game when everything's gloomy and depressing outside. Absolutely. No, it's a lot I of fun. Need to start this. And I'd really encourage all of you, if because the PS1 game, I think it was for over $100 right now. But you can get the, P- the Wii version. I'd also recommend all of you out there that are in any way interested in 2D, 2.5D platformers, um, very reminiscent of games like Kirby 64, to grab this game while you can on the Wii because it's selling for upwards of, I think, $40, $50, maybe even $60 on the Wii. I got it back in the day for like 15 because it wasn't as um, in desire as it is now. So Definitely look it up because these little characters' eyes are super cute. Also, I will warn you now. Yeah? A tearjerker ending. Really? Does someone die? Everyone. <laughs> oh. Klonoa and his little buddy just burn. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll have to find a different ending for Okay, that one. <laughs> so the next game that I have for you, Lauren, is a game that I actually have not played. Oh, yeah? But you talk so much praise for Super Mario Sunshine, the game oh, you. It's the best. Okay. Now, I was, I was going to originally recommend Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii because that's mm. one of my favorite games of last generation. I do want to play that eventually. Especially Galaxy 2 because you can use Yoshi. But the second game, or the the other, the game that I have here is a game that you can play portably Hmm. on a console that we just recently bought. Yeah. 
and that is Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, I've heard nothing oh. but good things about this game. Um, I again, didn't even know we had that. You can play it portably, about seven and a half copies, actually. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so really great music. It's just a throwback to your favorite 3D Mario games. Well, and uh, and this one, you can throw his hat on like anything and become it, right? So if you something throw your, like heart, that. Yeah. Or your mm-hmm. hat on a dinosaur, you can yeah. pretty much just roam around as a dinosaur? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. But yeah, no, I've heard nothing but good things. I think this is another a good game for you to just kind of like relax and play. Um challenge but nothing to the degree of like celeste or some of the more mm. recent really challenging platformers so how many hours is this game because i feel like it has endless possibilities mm, yeah i mean it's very much a completionist mindset like if you want to go for all of the moons i think in this game is what you collect Aww. then um the you know the star equivalent or the shine equivalent then yeah you're looking at probably 30 35 hours but if you want to beeline it to the end and just get the bare minimum probably 15 ish hours so they're moons instead of shines I think that's what they are. Don't don't quote me on that because... I'm going to quote you. Okay. In the book. <laughs> You've been quoted, Rusty. Okay. Oh, okay. So, the, so right now, my first game is going to be either Odyssey or Quinoa. Okay. Just shatting on Fable 2. I like it. It's it, fine. It looks really good, but mm-hmm. I need something yeah, just sure. super chill in my life right now because work hours are crazy. So I think it's between these two. Okay. So by the end of this, we're going to pick my next game. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, number four here is a game that, again, this is the game that you're going to have to commit to the most. Okay. But I think it's going to be... In what regard? Like hours or just No, complexity? hours you can probably beat this in 10 to 15 hours. Okay, so complexity But maybe? complexity okay. and just the world building, or not the world building, but just um, the movement of the character, the controls, mm-hmm. and just your awareness is going to need to be on point. So maybe a weekend game instead of during the week. Absolutely. Weekend. And that is none other than Dishonored Definitive Edition for the PS4. Very nice. Okay, so this is basically Thief on steroids. Okay. In the sense that all the stealth mechanics are still there, but you have superpowers. Ooh. And so you can kind of upgrade those powers to make them a little bit more powerful. You can release hordes of rats on your enemies to get around guards. You can use this blink mechanic where you can actually teleport to um, a ledge to kind of escape um, guards and things like that. A lot of really interesting stuff there. And one that if you like stealth games, this is essentially the pinnacle of stealth in today's generation. Mm-hmm. So, Have you played this one? I played one and two and the DLCs. What are your thoughts? Absolutely love them. Dishonored yeah. was um, maybe number six or seven of my game of the year list last year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely have to play it. Something a little bit more intense, but not like your Bloodborne. Well, I didn't want just a bunch of like... Cartoony games. Nintendogs, yeah. Nintendos plus Cats... Yeah, I can't do Nintendo's any more Nintendo's plus of those. cats and goldfish. No, like, you I mean, know. I played that game for maybe like three hours and I got like two bones on my walks and I was done. No, I just need like a real life dog, but like I need an actual game that I can enjoy. Like I think you're being a bit modest in the games that you've played. Like you're, you say you're a, a casual gamer, but you've played games like I Skyrim mean, and Halo and yeah, Gears of War that and Destiny like, and Titanfall. And I'm a and, champ on like RuneScape. I have some capes. Yeah. And yeah, I can take anyone down, even with Kirby and Super Smash. Like the games that I've played, I've played well. Mm-hmm. And like I played almost every night. I was in a, um, for Call of Duty 2. Black Ops 2. Or Black Ops 2, yeah. So I had a group in college that I'd play online with every, pretty much every night from my freshman year. So, you know, I've, I've been around the gaming scene for a little while, but. Mm-hmm. Um, lately it's, I've been struggling to get back into it. And that's, so. I think that's more just, you know, yeah. RL, real life. Like yeah. you just, I mean, I've, I've been to Japan twice in the last like four months. Yeah. So you I've work been, an like, intense exhausted, job. So, but 
yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into it. And I think even though I put three games on my list for this year, I think I can knock out five. I mean, these four seem pretty reasonable so far. Yeah. Well, my last one is the one that I think you might end up putting the most time into because it's super casual. I mean, this is a game that you could literally play for like during breaks on work. Yeah. It's super quick. You could pick it up for very much like a mobile game where you could pick mm-hmm. it up for 10 to 20 minutes and still have a lot of satisfaction out of it. And that is a game called Picross 3D. Ooh, and so it's I've a seen re- this cover at GameStop, but I've never picked a it up. A really interesting puzzle game where you have numbers in all of the blocks. Oh, yes. And from all three-dimensional areas. And so the numbers indicate how many blocks are in that row. Mm. And so you basically have to rotate this essentially block of cubes around to figure out where you need to be tapping and crushing these different blocks. Hmm. And eventually you chisel this piece into a dinosaur or a bear or a question mark or just some kind of it's like, object. It's like almost a mix between a Rubik's Cube and Sudoku. Yeah. That's a great I way love of... puzzles, so I'm totally game for this. Again, I can play this before bed, too, because I love doing any kind of puzzle before bed because it takes my mind off of everything enough for me to fall asleep. So it's like a great nighttime game. Totally. It's stimulating, but not to the point where it like stretches you out and you feel like, oh, well, I can't sleep for the next three hours because yeah. someone just cut my head off. Well, I feel and... like if I played Dishonored before bed, I'd be up all night. Yeah, or you'd have nightmares. It's fine. Yeah, that's great. Some night terrors. But yeah. this one, look, he's uncovering a dog. It's, it's oh meant to gosh. be, honey. Mm. We need a dog. This is our daily conversation, by the way. This is essentially what we talk about every day. Russ, did you see that tree or that cloud? It's it's like a golden retriever. It's, no, a it's a sign. Really, you sent me you sent me a German Shepherd picture today, so I've converted you. You've corrupted me. I have corrupted you. Yeah, that's it's like my more... daily goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you say we get into the games that you have not been, but I've been playing recently? I've played some games recently. Sure. All right. You, so the games that we've out? been playing recently. <laughs> Lauren, what have you been playing this week? Anything? Let's see. We played um, Mario Part Party. Mario Part. Mario Kart? <laughs> Mario Party. Okay, so I played Mario Kart and Mario Party, and it's like 6 o'clock now, so it's past my bedtime, so it just kind of combined. But yeah. yeah, so you and I played Mario Party the other night for a date night, and then um, when Ryan came over, I think a week or two ago, I had played Mario Kart on the Switch. So what do you think of Mario Kart on the Switch, Mario Kart 8, versus um, the last Mario Kart you probably played was on Wii? Yeah, it's been a long time. What do you think of it? I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, you know, you go through three different maps at a time, you can change your difficulty. Um, you know, it's something that typically I play with people, and you lose a lot of friends by playing Mario Kart. And so this one, you know, it's just a handheld, and I was playing solo, and so um, it was nice just to kind of test my own skills and try different know ways to get around the map and I loved it but there's some that sometimes I'm a perfectionist with those games so you know if I didn't come in first or come in second or something um you know I just try again the next time and once I come in first for every race I just up my difficulty and yeah it's definitely a lot of fun I think I played as you know baby peach or something okay I was gonna ask who you played as okay yeah baby peach yeah nice very nice yeah, I'm really enjoying Mario Kart 8. I think I've put about maybe 10 hours into it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten through 50cc, all 100cc, mm-hmm. and I think I'm working on the 150cc now. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't beat through, like, go through every map um, at 100cc, but I went to 150, I think is what I stopped at. Well, you're better than I am. Well, we'll see. We'll have to play against each other and 
and see who wins that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if there are winners in that game. I feel like you lose a lot of There's friends. There's just but, losers. <laughs> but it's always a lot of fun. Nice. And uh, yeah, so Friday night we went out, got dinner, and we came back, and we played Super Mario Party on the Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch. Now, I've been a huge Mario Party fan, particularly on the N64. Mario, both Mario Party 2, mainly Mario Party 2, a little bit of Mario Party 3, and then I played Mario Party 6 on the GameCube, which had the little mini pencil microphone, which, eh, it was okay. It was okay. Mario Party 2 is my favorite. And uh, so I was a little bit hesitant going into Super Mario Party, but I was really impressed. It's good fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We played on this little fruit island, mm-hmm. and I mean, we were both super frustrated at Peach, but oh. I dominated all of those mini games. Yeah. Like, I would go in hesitantly, like, oh, I don't know, and then I would just, like, crush every time. First place. Yeah, but that little bitch, she just, like, went around <laughs> the map, and, like, she, she okay. teleported to the star every single freaking that, time. That, and she got two stars in one turn. One which turn. Which you shouldn't be allowed to do, because that's just frustrating. And where the heck did the cha- the rules change to it's not 20 coins anymore, it's yeah, 10? Yeah, I didn't like that. And, and... The best part, though, is I was favored, and so they gave me, like, this little rando card. Well, no. And... Yeah. So, when there's, like, two turns left, you know, little whoever the heck, some guy with a turtle or whatever. Some or guy, some like, guy floats with a in, and he's like, who do you think is going to win? And then whoever's in fourth place... Oh, no. It was third. I was okay, third at the whatever. time. Okay. My little mole guy, he was third. Monty Mole. He was the cutest. He had these little buck teeth, and he would, like, rub his belly and, like, do a little, like, peace sign with his, like, three little claws. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, like, my little spirit animal. Which he's actually a long-standing character in the Super Mario series. I think he's precious. He's a great little guy. Yeah. Because it was, like, that or, like, Luigi. Yeah, well, that one's your character. You know, she's always going to be my character. Yeah, so if they had Kirby, I would have chosen Kirby, but they obviously don't. So mm-hmm. they had little Mole, and he's the cutest thing. So I guess cutest out of the options that were there. Luigi's pretty attractive. Oh, yeah, that mustache? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. But no, I thought the mini games were fun. I thought the, the, the maps, while there aren't as many as there probably could be, I thought they were uh, unique. Well, it was cool because they had, like, what, five different options. Then within those five options, they had three different variations of each map mm-hmm. that you could choose from. They were pretty small, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were small because when we had played at your mom's, I don't know what console It was Mario Party 2. We played the Western map. That map was huge. huge. And you would just go around. Like, the map that we played on, there were four little mini islands that you just hop between. But there wasn't much to them. And the one at your mom's, I feel like we went around the whole, like, it was a game board, essentially. Yeah. And we just went around, and that took us, like, a solid hour and a half. Mm-hmm. This one, it said it would take us an hour. We probably blew through, 35 like, 35 minutes. minutes. Like yeah. yeah, it was... Not that at all. Yeah. Which I guess that's, I'd rather have it that way, because yeah, if we do an have... an hour, like, seemed like a lot. Especially if there were actual four people playing. I mean, it was just us and then two computer players. Because but. if we have five to ten people over, we can kind of swap people in and out to play. Yeah. Because it's it's very it's not a game of skill. It very much is. It's, not. it's a game of luck. And then the mini games, yeah, you can you win and you get like five to 15, 20 coins. But yeah, like, it's not much. It's really not. It's not going to swing the game. It's really not. No. Um, but I, I really liked it graphically. It looks great. Uh, we only played the main party mode, but there's definitely lots of other mini game modes and things like that to explore as well. But I love how simple it is. Like. For the last round, there was unlucky spaces, and then there was, it switched from unlucky to, like, super unlucky. So, it's great if you have kids and you can play on, like, a little family night. There's nothing too complex about it. You can just kind of hop in and out, like you said. Even if you have a big group, you walk away for a little bit or swap out. It's just perfect for family fun. 
Plus, you only needed like a nunchuck for each person. Not a nunchuck. I'm thinking of the Wii. Um, a Joy-Con. Well, and that little person. Joy-Con, you can do like a little like, let's go. Like, you know, you just like, I don't know how to describe Oh, yeah. That. It was, it's really weird. So when, if you're playing three versus one and the, the party on a mini game yeah. and the party of three win, at the end, you like come together and all like do like a little fist bump. Yeah. And so you literally take your Joy-Con and it uses motion control where you do a fist bump yourself and you all like high five each other. Yeah, it's it super cool. cute. Yeah. yeah, and then you actually get points if you all do it at the same time. Yeah. And so even like 2v2, like you can still do it and get little points. But... And even when you're rolling your dice, you do the same thing. You flip the, the little Joy-Con up to hit your dice. Oh, really? I just clicked A. Well, Either I mean, way. if you actually want to make, you know, more use of the motion controls. Yeah. It's not necessary. If you actually but I think, want to play the game correctly. But it's that. nice to have that option, right? Yeah. Because yeah, if you do nice. have kiddos, then it's more exciting for them to yeah. like flick their little wrists up or whatever. Anything that's animated, I feel like goes over really well with kids. So mm-hmm. it's a perfect game. We'll yeah. have to get on that. Yeah. So it was good fun. So other than that, I played quite a number of games this week. I'm actually going to save quite a few of them to talk about with Ryan because one of them in particular, he played um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I want to talk to him about the story because there's a lot of tie-ins between The Force Awakens and kind of the bridge between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens that there was a lot of questions that I had going into Force Awakens, particularly when we found Rey and Jakku. Mm-hmm. And like, well, why are there all of these like TIE fighters and X-Wings in AT-ATs in the sand? Well, apparently there was a war there. Well, the Battlefront 2 story kind of explores that. Yeah. And I actually found it in the beginning to be very boring and hard to really get engrossed into it. But once it started picking up, I was like, whoa, this is actually pretty sweet because it has a lot of carryover into The Force Awakens. So that's all I'll say. Definitely save that one for Ryan because you guys will go on rants for days oh, about yeah. just fan fiction and your oh, projections. Absolutely. I've been watching so much fan fiction for oh, Star my gosh, Wars. I know. <laughs> yeah, because you've been hearing about it. But like every day. All? Three times a day. Okay. So just get excited, everyone, because he's gonna come and do like, you know, three hour episodes on just fan fiction. Cause he has a lot of you know, people he follows and he loves it. But yeah. I've never He'll, been a I've never been a part of like the whole fan fiction craze though, I until know. I started watching okay. People out there, if you're a fan of Star Wars and fan fiction, even if you're not a fan of fan fiction because I personally am not, follow Star Wars Theory, that channel on YouTube. A lot of fan fiction, but also just theories about what he can, ex- what we can expect and what he thinks should happen in Episode Nine. Great stuff. Mm. Snoke isn't dead, by the way. All right, so let's also talk about the game that I fell in love with this week. The game that is superior to Super Mario Sunshine. I'll fight you on that one. The game is called Poi. P- no, no. No, no, that's, no, no. That, that's what the game's called. I know, it, I know it is, but it's definitely not superior. Don't tell me what to do. You don't own me. Okay, so the game's called Poi. It's P-O-I. It is on the PS4, Xbox mm. One, PC and Steam, and the Switch for download. You can also buy the physical copy at your local Best Buy, $29.99. $29.99? Yeah, it's it was a, like $3. Well, it's a budget title, but if you get the physical copy on Switch... It just came out for the Switch this year. Okay, gotcha. Came out on PS4, I think, last year in the spring. I bought it for $2.99 on the PSN store. So this game, I was browsing through PSN, seeing what was on sale. I do this maybe once a month just to see if there's any budget titles that I might enjoy. And I came across Poi, and the first two or three sentences were 3D platformer collect-a-thon. Didn't even think twice. Add to cart. Buy. Let's see what this game's all about. 45 seconds later, I was playing this game and immediately fell in love with the immediate or 
orchestral, beautiful, not even orchestral, but just really likable sound. I'm mm. a big music person when it comes yeah. to games. And you start in the, f- well, actually, you don't start in the forest. Before that, there's like this very much storyboard little text going on telling you that there are these two young little kids. They were orphans and they dreamed of going on a big grand adventure. So they escape this orphanage and they go out on a great big grand adventure. And they start out in the forest and you are greeted by this master explorer, of course. And he's like, hey, would you mind helping me with my medallion that's just over on that grand oak tree? Sure, because that makes sense. But you, you know, skip, hop, jump, bip, bop, the bop, whatever, you know, over to this like little oak tree, collect this medallion. On the way, you collect coins and stuff like that. And you come back to the Master Explorer. And eventually he says, hey, I have a sh- like an airship. Would you mind coming on this grand journey with me? And of course, two little orphans that you wanted to be Master Explorers, you're like, sure. Lauren, this is one of the greatest 3D platformers I have played in so, so long, mainly because there's such a lack of them in current generation yeah. consoles. Of course, there was ukulele. You have the 2016 revival of Ratchet and Clank. Mm. But other than that, they're very few and far between. And I watched you play some of it, and I understand why you love it so much, because some of these like little areas that you go to are beat for beat Super Mario Sunshine. Like, the exact maps just, like, remastered a little bit and graphics changed a little bit. So you were like, Lauren, you'd love this game. And I was like, yeah, because it's Sunshine. I think it would frustrate me more because it's a complete ripoff of Sunshine. So, of course, it's a great game. Yeah, well. Because it's structured entirely off of Sunshine. Like, even the mini games are beat for beat. That's fine. I'm glad you like it. You should play Sunshine, though. You, I know. You don't support me. <laughs> I support you in everything. Honey. No, it's so much fun, though. So once you get on the airship, you essentially collect these things called medallions, which are the equivalent of stars. And you go to, this is essentially kind of the hub world. And from here, you go to this place called Cozy Canyon, which is the first um, world that you explore. And think of it like Sunshine or Super Mario 64 when you jump into paintings. Mm-hmm. And then when you go into the painting, you have like a white backdrop and the medallion is like essentially... Um, see-through and it's it's like it's rotating basically saying like uh mystery at the windmill and you have to go to the windmill Mm. and this particular um level and climb to the top to get your medallion and what's nice is that the mechanics are super forgiving like if you jump and then it'll it'll allow you to attach to any building or anything like pretty easily rather than you know games that are more precise where you have to you know be exact or even like gosh what am i thinking of it's not thief um Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed, yeah, when you have to be, like, you know, more precise or else you'll fall down the building and then you have to go all the way back around. But this one's a very forgiving platformer where you can just, like, hop around and just double jump until you get it. Mm-hmm. So that almost cuts down on the tension of the game because um, I know uh, you're a completionist in that. So you've been going back through and trying to get everything and every coin and um, they're essentially shines, but whatever the equivalent Medallions. Means, medallions. Um, so I think, yeah, it looks like a really cute game and you know, really entertaining. And I'm no, it really is. It. And so you can kind of swap and play either as the boy or the girl. I played it as the boy the whole time just because you start out as him and there very well may be a difference between how each controls, but I just never felt the need to, to change because I was just so 
engrossed with the collecting aspect of the medallions. You eventually collect gadgets, which are just an offshoot of the medallion. You can eventually buy from the Master Explorer, like, all these different little items that help facilitate in collecting. So you can collect a compass. So each time you go to, like, one of the mini sub-worlds, like Cozy Canyon, it'll tell you where each of the um, medallions are. There are fossils to collect. So once you buy a shovel from the Master Explorer, you can dig up fossils and it's kind of like Animal Crossing in that aspect. So you dig up fossils and you have this giant fossil collection. Mm. So when you go back to your hub world in the airship, you could literally just jump off of this airship and you essentially have like this giant little kite thing. Like a hand glider. A hand glider. And you can kind of glide to all these different little mini airships. Mm-hmm. One of them has all of your fossil collection. One of them has a person that wants a collection of gadgets because reasons. Mm. One of them is just a a little airship that says, hey, do you want to go back to the forest? And one of them was just like a little mom penguin and she was looking for a little baby penguins. And so there's a lot of side fun little... Yeah, so that's kind of like a a nod to Super Mario 64 um, when you go to the the winter world or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you go to this little baby penguin or this this mom penguin and she's like, hey, would you mind helping me find my little, my penguin babies? Yeah. And so there's two little winter areas that you can fly into and find each of her three or six little, little baby penguins. And they're um, so cute. They just sit there and waddle around. and Oh, they're adorable. Yeah. There's like a lot of really fun, little, unique, adorable characters. It has a very colorful, um, artistic little world. Mm-hmm. Nothing over the top. This is definitely a game that could have come out on the PS3. This is not in any way um, to the pedigree of Super Mario Sunshine or Super Mario 64 or certainly not Odyssey. But if you want a game that's going to give you at least 8 to 12 Really enjoyable, fun hours of 3D platforming, collectathon, um, a la Super Mario 64. Don't overlook Poi, especially especially if you can get it for three bucks on the the PSN store. Even if you buy the physical copy or download it on Switch when it's on sale, it's just a really return to form for 3D platforming. And for that reason alone, it was just a fun um, game to kind of break up the monotony of the stress of Dark Souls or even the other game that I'll talk about when Ryan's on the show, Hellblade Senua's um, Senua's, what is it called? Hellblade, Senua's something rather? I don't know, but he's been talking to me about it at work and he loves it. Who has? Ryan. He hasn't been playing that. I thought he's been playing it with you. Mm-mm. Oh. No, he's maybe, playing, he, maybe you've just been He's been playing, playing Dark Souls. Yeah, but, um. But yeah, for $3, you can't beat that. No, it's a lot of fun. Really, I mean, really recommend it. mini games are kind of stressful because, well. They're challenges. Nice, so remember nice in, Okay, yeah, mini games challenges, so like the little side quest things. But so what's nice about those is if you fall into like the abyss, you can start off, you know, if you've already collected five out of the ten coins and then you fall and die, you don't start from zero. You start from five. And then you just collect the ones that you didn't collect before. And that's also in- what's really nice about even being in any of the, the, the actual worlds, you can fall from 300 feet and there's no damage from falling. Which is nice, but like in Sunshine... I know there's one that's, it's like a sand bird, and so the sand will disintegrate and the bird will flip and everything, and if you fall off, you start from scratch. And so that gets really frustrating and challenging, but in this game, you can at least start from where you left off, which is nice. Yeah. No, this is bothering me. Sinua's Sacrifice. Mm. That's the subtitle of that game. Sounds good. Really good fun, though. Really good fun. So those are really the only the games I've been playing this week. Anything else that you had? I don't think so. I mean, I've been trying to read more, and I've been waiting for your five recommendations. Okay, so Klonoa or Super Mario Odyssey you'll start with next? 
Well, if Pete recommended Klonoa, I think I have to start with that one. All right. Klonoa. Was- between you and Pete, I, I don't think I can go wrong. No, you cannot. And this is such a great game that you're going to fall in it's love with. It's so cute. And it's the adorable. little guy, he has like a little star on his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, Klonoa. Good stuff. Now, what do you say we do something a little bit different that Ryan and I don't, don't do consistently? Sounds good. All right, we're going to talk about a few news articles that I wanted to kind of talk about on the show because they're important to me and by association, they're important to our listeners, Lauren. Yeah. You know, I come on the show and we're going to mix things up. Let's yeah. So a game that I was greatly anticipating this year, number three on my top 10 most anticipated games of the year, Yoshi's Crafted World. We got news from Nintendo that it is arriving end of March. Well, I hope so because I pre-ordered it on Amazon for your birthday. Well, we didn't know definitively when it was going to come out. We expected a spring release. Well, it said March on Amazon well, starting out. Then it said December 2018, which well, didn't happen. Amazon doesn't lie, Lauren. March 29th, we're going to expect yes. Yoshi's Crafted World to come to our home. I'm so excited. It's going to be so cute. Is it going to be like um, the other little Crafted World that I played? The... So you played Wooly World. I would yeah. compare this one. Now, granted, I didn't play Wooly World, so it I can't adorable. say. But if you played um, a game I should have recommended to you was Kirby... Can you hold on a second? Yeah. Let me go look for it. So for anyone who loves crocheting or yarn or anything, or just like a really cute little game. Um, blocks, that was the name of it. Yeah, so the little Kirby game that I played is just precious. And no, so you played Yoshi's Woolly World on or 3DS. Or Yoshi's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, Crafted World on Switch is going to be more similar to, and again, I could be completely wrong, but from the footage I've seen, it's going to be more similar to uh, triple Deluxe Kirby on 3DS, mm. as well as Kirby 64. It's going to be that kind of 2D, 2.5D playing where you can kind of go into the background, the foreground, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which is probably similar to Wooly World. Again, oh, I didn't yeah. play yeah, it, so yeah. yeah. So, But I think on this new one, we can play together, too. We totally and we can. can. Like, we can ride on each other's backs to get like other items that are further in the clouds, and it just looks precious. Wouldn't be the first time. Ooh. Okay, so the next game that a Nintendo announced is coming in March is a remake of an outstanding Wii game that you would love. But you're going to get it for 3DS because you can play it portably, and that is none other than Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. When does that come out, you said? It comes out March 8th, I believe. Oh, do you have a picture up? Can I see it? I love Kirby. So Kirby was always my character in Super Smash. Even though everyone says he's a weak character, if I can be pretty much anyone with a weak character. Imagine what I could do with like a Marth or anyone else. But he's just precious and Look at that. Him mixed with anything yarn is adorable. Wait. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to play that. It's such a relaxing game. I remember playing that on the Wii when it first came out and it was just such a peaceful platformer where never once was I stressed out. I maybe died once or twice, which again doesn't evoke the the greatest sense of challenge for a platformer that you would hope to have but there's those games where you really just want to be able to sit back and play Mm. and just smile yeah and kirby's epic yarn is one of those games and to have it portable i think is outstanding so you said we were getting it for 3ds Mm -hmm. i ordered i ordered 14 copies perfect all right so one for us and every dog that we own that's pretty much what i was going for the next article that i have i'm not sure how happy i am about this kingdom hearts 3 has an epilogue that will be patched in after launch. Game Informer editor J.V. Gwaltney writes, Square Enix took to Twitter today to lay out the roadmap roadmap for DLC and updates to Kingdom Hearts 3. 
And like the series chronology, it's a bit of a doozy at first glance. You can glance all the tweets in the link below for the full reading, but the biggest points are as follows. An epilogue will be added to Kingdom Hearts on Wednesday, January 30th. The game itself hmm. comes out on the 29th. That's a day after it releases worldwide. On January 31st, a quote-unquote secret video will be unlocked for players who have fulfilled the criteria for acquiring it. And then it says hit the Twitter Wait. link below for the full details. Is that the weekend Ryan will be in Tokyo? Ryan is going to miss the first week of the Kingdom Hearts oh. release. Which means he's probably not going to play it for at least three and a half well, months I mean, after its release because he's going to struggle to play it. But if he's in Tokyo, I mean, he can go. Like, when I was there, I went to a Square Enix cafe. So it's probably going to be lit up with all that kind of stuff. Oh, I know. I gave so, him, him $3,000 to buy for good. Kingdom Hearts merch. It's going to be amazing. Because mm-hmm. he'll be, like, in Akihabara where he can just, like, wander the streets and it'll be everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Come on, girl. I thought about this already. Good. Yeah. I had to actually <laughs> hand him a blank check and I said, just buy anything you want. There you go. I gave him. Well, I gave him two blank checks. One for himself, and then one for me, just for being. So, the, like, for everything I didn't buy in Tokyo for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, exactly. Just for being co-host, the, co-host on the, uh, the the podcast. He deserves a little, a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? There you go. But yeah, no. As far as my thoughts on this, um, you know, I, I play the Kingdom Hearts games without. I always have. I've never even Kingdom Hearts two, Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance, three five eight over two days. Yeah, that one. Recoded. <laughs> Chain of Memories. All those names. I can keep going. How do you how do you keep them all straight? Um, because you're the biggest fan? Because I... The best there ever was? Pretty much. There you go. Yeah. So I've never played these games going online to GameFAQs, figuring out how I need to complete each of the worlds or what I need to collect or do in order to get that secret ending. Um, especially in today's day and age, and it granted... I think time is a precious resource for us because oh, yeah. we do have real jobs. We have responsibilities that mm-hmm. we have to attend to. And so if getting this secret ending even requires me to go five hours, ten hours out of my way of doing things that I don't necessarily care to do to get a 30-second clip that I could pull up on YouTube and instead watch a five-second advertisement to get to that clip, then I'm, I'd rather do that because I just See, don't care. I think any other game you would but with kingdom hearts being at your favorite of all time i think you would do whatever it takes to get everything maxed out on yours for you being a completionist Are you supposed to agree with everything i say no i'm supposed to challenge you and grow you honey so i think with it being your favorite game and you being a completionist i feel like this is the one game that would entice you to do that even if it is five to ten hours you do realize this is going to require me to neglect you, you more are, yeah you're just going to put on the sound canceling headphones i got from you i'll have some gizmo time and you'll do your thing what's up you heard it here first folks neglection of your wife is actually great so long as she supports you doing so actually just travis having... <laughs> look at you right right there man just keep playing spider-man don't worry about kara she's She's got it. She's you, got you it. You both need some time apart sometimes because I have five new games that I'm about to play. So we'll just, you know, play on our own little consoles and we'll do our thing. And then we'll have some date time, play some. Well, I don't like, know about that. That's what I'm talking about, though. All right. Next article, <laughs> hot off the presses, Hitman HD Enhanced Collection launches with the spiffy trailer, according to Daniel Tack. So what this is, it is a collection of what I consider the best Hitman game, that being Blood Money that I played to death on the original Xbox. I felt like the most recent Hitman that I played on PS4, the world and the environments were kind of just too big for me. I kind of like smaller environments because it becomes too overwhelming. And I feel like Hitman has become much more of a puzzle game than it was a strategic stealth game. Mm. 
Uh, you know, I love completing, I've talked about it a dozen times over now, how I like going through a level, being unseen, being untouched. Yeah. The satisfaction of that's great. But with this most recent Hitman game that I downloaded on PS4, I don't know if I can do that because I feel like each level is essentially like a Skyrim map where mm. there's just so much possibility that it's overwhelming. Well, that's been resolved because they remastered Blood Money and Absolution that came out on the 360. I wasn't over the moon about that game, but I feel like it's better than what I've most recently played in the Hitman 2016. But to be fair, again, I've only played the first two levels of the most recent one. But this article, again, getting back to that original little blurb here, Blood Money and Absolution you can buy together in HD for current generation consoles, PS4 and Xbox One, featuring 60 frames per second and 4K visuals, $59.99. Totally worth it, but maybe wait for a discount. Yeah, maybe wait for a discount. I'm not going to buy it right away, but I'm just saying, to play Blood Money again on PS4, I'm all about that life. Lauren, the last article I have, I want to give my man Pete a little shout out here. Ooh, Pete. Pete Dore, all right? Follow you him. have, like, the biggest man crush on him, and I love it. Because, like, every time I come home from work, you're always listening to Pete, and he has such a soothing voice. Yeah, he's super chill. Yeah, he's just he's fun to listen chill. to. Great guy, really humble, and he was more than willing to come onto the podcast. He's the only guest that we've had thus far other than you. Ooh. And uh, episode nine, opening That's Pandora's box. That's why we have box. a friendly rivalry going for episode downloads. But, like, just even watching him go through eBay, just, like, scrolling through and talking about, like, different, you know crazy things that are going for $5,000 and just, I don't know, it's fun. No, he's a really great guy. If you follow him on Twitch, even if you don't subscribe to his channel, pop in there, show him some love. He plays a lot of really obscure games. He actually traveled to the Awesome Games Done Quick, which is a charity event that raises money for cancer, I believe. And, um, or for charity, I'm sorry. And last year they did this event and they raised raised $2.2 million. That's insane. This year, they raised $2.4 million. What a good guy. Well, Pete was a part of that run. He speed run, speed ran, speed ran. Speed ran. A really ridiculous game called Urban Yeti hmm. on the Game Boy Advance. Absolutely ridiculous. Pete commentated the whole thing. It was such a treat to watch. And uh, I just wanted to shout out, one, raising money for great causes. Yeah. And... To do so, playing video games, speedrunning video games, and for one of my favorite YouTubers and Twitch streamers, Pete being a part of that, I think there's something really special. Well, so I think it's really cool to find a way to impact everyone else positively through something that you love. Yeah. And for Pete and for you, if you, you know, love video games and it's such a big, you know, passion in your life, finding a way to positively influence and impact others through a passion of yours. And that's a really good outlet for him and for you potentially in the future to just be involved in something that's you know for a good cause absolutely yeah so i was really happy for pete and really happy for the people at agdq so little uh applause for them yeah Woo. go pete awesome so the last thing lauren yes really special here okay yeah is it really special this is really special hot off the <laughs> 2013 presses oh Yes. About a, mo- about, <laughs> a month, for this. about a month ago, okay, I-, I found out that you had two Twitter accounts. So, okay, so I'm not someone who goes and tweets in my spare time. You I'm have just four like, total tweets to your name. How do you feel about that? I feel great. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy my life. I just am kind of off the grid, 
and I don't think Rusty likes that. But he even posted the morning that he was going to propose to me. He's like, today's the day, bought the ring, like have all the stuff planned. Everyone's like, dude, she's going to see your, you know, your Twitter. And he's like, she hasn't logged in in two years. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So I made an account, I think back in like high school, just to like follow everyone, keep up on stuff and then forgot about it and then made an account in college and tweeted four times and then was done with it. So don't even have the app. I delete Facebook every now and again um, just because sometimes like social media can just be depressing. But in my initial Twitter account, I had followed Ryan's initial Twitter account and Rusty in a roundabout way found my old Twitter account and then found Ryan's initial one from 2013. It is a treat, you guys. Yeah, so I was up super late one night, you know, having a couple brews. Lauren had gone to bed. I was listening to some records. And I saw that Lauren's old account had liked one of my, t- my, one of my tweets. But from what I knew, Lauren had a particular picture tied to her account. Well, the account that liked my, my, uh, my tweet did not have a picture associated with it. And I was like, is this some hack account that liked my tweet with Lauren's name. And I, I, I probably I, liked it like years ago. No, 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 no. You liked this recently. Somehow you sign in your account. I don't know how. Maybe. And you liked one of my, my, uh, my tweets. And I was like, what the heck? And so I was like, is, is this like Lauren's like, you know, for her, her, her side man or something like what's going on here? <laughs> and so I, I looked at it and I was like, well, she's only following a couple people. Who's she following? Ryan Cole. What, wait, what is this? It's, uh, Facts with Ryan. He joined in March 2013. So, Ryan, this is what happens when you're too tired to be on the show. I get to revisit some of your old tweets. And Prepare so, yourself, guys. This is going to be great. March 18th, 2013. Ryan's first tweet ever. Quite literally, hashtag, and then the word hashtag. Woo! All right. Good stuff. Is, uh, that's like when hashtag became a big thing, though. That, like, that's when it first came out and everyone was like thrilled. Then you get the hash brown, hash, like hashtag hash brown. Two days later, Ryan says Tau Theta Omicron has to be the most badass frat name ever. Oh my gosh, I remember. Was that, that was probably you gonna let me finish school. this? You gonna... No, because we had like gone rounds about the coolest name. Anyway, go ahead. He finishes the tweet by saying, Sounds like a freaking transformer. Hashtag frat, hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> The next tweet, he says, I wish Twitter was more like a game than a billboard. Like if you get so many followers and you get a sticker or a participation trophy. Sure, Ryan, whatever you, whatever you say, man. March 21st, a day before my birthday, he says, it's a sad day when you learn how to learn you have to shave for your new job, dot, 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 space. My face hasn't been naked in three years. Hashtag beard problems. Well, and like... I don't know. I think most guys deal with this is when you shave your face after a long time. You have like a little baby face and this video is afraid of. He had a baby face. Am I the only one? He tweeted this on the 21st. Am I the only one? Oh, wait. No, he doesn't even say am I the only one. He says, am I the one who thinks genetically engineered phages are the key to solving plaque on your teeth? Anyone? He goes on to say in another tweet, I decided I'm a disadvantage on Twitter because I don't have an Instagram. But I don't have an Instagram because I'd be the guy taking pics of food. He does. If you look up his Instagram, most of it's food. Um, let's, let's see. Let's keep. Cardio machines are like urinals. If the only one left is next to another guy, then hold it and wait in line. <laughs> Facts with Ryan, March 24th, 2013. 
Omega-3 and 6 are given their numbers because of the number of carbon bonds from the N that they have double carbon bond. 3 equals 3C, 6... Dude, what? Ryan? It totally sounds like him, too. Bane was not the only name, the antagonist in Batman, but also the name of one of the first Sith Lords. Facts with Ryan. Mm. After reading about amino acids for four hours, I went downstairs, ate a handful of amino acid power, and thought, translate in ribosomes. Ryan, can you talk in complete sentences, bro? The likelihood of the atoms that make up you being arranged the exact same way somewhere in the universe is one tenth to the power of ten to the power of seventy. That's a big number. So the likelihood that you exist in another realm or like another universe is pretty likely, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what he's saying. I'm in college because Hogwarts doesn't accept FAFSA. Facts <laughs> with Ryan, April 21st, 2013. Like Milk thistle is my new best friend. I eat it like it's candy. <laughs> we actually have some in our cupboard, too. Oh, my gosh. Seeing Dragon Ball Z again reminded me of my childhood goal to look like Goku. I can see that. You're getting close. Hostess was bought by a new company. Twinkies will be back soon. Oh, yeah. I remember when that was a big thing. Was that 2013 still? If I could choose between drinking... Well, you didn't even answer. What did you ask? Mm, yep. Hashtag this is marriage. Yep, pretty much. Was that in 2013, that last one about hostess when we, they got bought out? These are all 2013, okay. yeah. If I could choose between drinking or getting a free 20-ounce steak every day, I'd be forever sober. Wouldn't we all, Ryan? Wouldn't we mm. all? Conflicted on whether to pull an all-nighter to study bio or go into REM to remember it. Finals <laughs> blow. Hashtag like decisions. Uh, what else did Ryan put in here? Always get the rum sleep. That's what he's doing now. Grilling up six dates for dinner with the family. Then wing night later. It's a good day. Was that on a Tuesday? Um, let's see. April 9th, 2013. Yeah, I think that was a Tuesday if was I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. April 9th. That was dad's birthday. Was it really? Yeah. But so we used to always go to unlimited wing Tuesdays and see how many uh, traditional wings we could eat. And I'll have competitions. So that's why I assume. What was your record? Mine, I think, was 32. Wow, that's intense. Yeah, Ryan's was like 52. That's more intense. But he also, like, you know, would prep for it and I would just go in. But I was always a fan of the fries that were on the table and they would work to fill you up. So, but yeah, 32 wings. Let's do it. April 5th, 2013. Working on my own spicy version of Fireball Whiskey. Hmm. Going to put a warning label that takes up most of the bottle. Sounds something like Ryan would put. I walked into my bio teacher's office and there was a container of horse shit with fungi growing on it. Gotta love botanists. Gosh, what is happening? The information in one human diploid cell would fill about 1,200 books, which were 1,400 pages long. Six billion nucleotides pairs. Like, Ryan isn't changing. In the past. <laughs> Seven, six years, Ryan is seriously the same person. And he loves every second of it. And this is why you have a podcast with him, to talk about all these random things. Oh, it totally is. Ryan's a good guy. Love the guy. He's my brother-in-law. Gotta love him, right? But we also have to go through his Twitter, because it's hilarious. Reasons. And PCB, after a few... Oh, gosh. I walked three miles barefoot for Arbus. I got home, and all I could think about was how my hobbit feet took me to Mordor and back. Learn something new about Ryan. Got bored and buzzed my head. My head is so naked without my beard or hair. Oh. Hmm. Good stuff, Ryan. Good stuff. Let's see who you're following. Maybe 22 likes. He likes 
A uh, bunch of stuff about Order 66 and Star Wars. Um, yeah, so I figured it would have been fun. I had to throw Ryan under the bus somehow, right? Yeah. He's not on the show. Go back to his old Twitter, see what's going on back there. Ryan's mine. He's still talking about chromosomes and diploids and uh, formaldehyde, so. <laughs> we always have to give him a hard time. We always have life, to give him a hard life time. Life wouldn't be interesting without yeah. teasing Ryan. That's what I'm saying. Lauren, do you want to do you want to answer some questions from the fine folks that listen to this podcast? Sure, let's do it. All right, so I put a little uh, thing out there on Instagram that Ryan would not be joining me for the podcast this week, but Lauren would, and some of the listeners came in real strong. Now, Lauren, how can the listeners write into the show? Um, Otaku Brothers Podcast at Gmail You're better than Ryan. I listen. I promise. I do. And then some Twitter account, and then I think there's what is the other thing? It's um. That other thing that you paid for, I don't remember. So we got an Instagram and a Twitter, Ari Lewis 2011. Well, no, but don't you have another little thing? We have our Gmail, like Lauren, so well stated. Yeah. We're talking about this podcast at gmail.com. But there's something else. And then we also have a Discord, Discord. which I didn't pay for, by the way. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah. $3,000 a year. Cost savings. A month, actually. <laughs> All right, but we got a few questions from the Instagrams, most of which were by Ryan and are completely incomprehensible, like his tweets. <laughs> First, he writes in, would Sam or Dean or Dean, I'm not kidding, that's exactly what he said, would Sam or Dean or Dean make a better baby daddy? Oh, Dean, 100%. Is Dean Wendingo in consideration? I don't really know what that means. Wendingo is the, um, what were those, like the one creatures? But is Dean one or Dean two the better baby daddy? That's the real question. Dean in real life is just like... I feel like a great husband and father. He is. Plus, he makes adorable babies. Jensen Ackles. Great man, great father, great husband. And I feel like even in the show, while he plays like, you know, like a hardened guy, he has like that soft spot that he's always trying to protect Sam, and I feel like he would come in strong as a dad. Totally agree. Yeah. We need to get back to Supernatural. And kiddos. Well, we can at least practice. Yeah. Okay, the next question comes in from Ryan as well. He says, hey, Toolsack. Oh, that's his name for me, by the way. Mm-hmm. He says, if Mario and Luigi were on The Bachelor, again, <laughs> I can't make a lick of sense out of what Ryan says, but he goes on to say, who would you kill? Goombas for Peach's Peach. What? That's just, I'm just reading who what Ryan. Who would you kill? Goombas? Or Peach's Peach. It's Ryan said. For Peach's Peach, Maybe. Right? Didn't he say Four. But on The Bachelor, isn't there only one guy and, like, lots of women? Where's I get... Who would you kill? Goombas for Peach's Peach. Okay, sure. Uh, Or Goombas or Peach's Peach, maybe. I don't know. That's just what... I'm just reading what Ryan said. (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. Okay. Well, thanks for writing, Ryan. Glad you uh, didn't make a lick of sense. Maybe next time, bro. But it's a good thought. You guys should explore that. Mason, recent friend of the show, would you want to go see Dumbo when it comes out in March? March 29th, folks, the Disney live-action Dumbo, or, uh, yeah. So, actually, my mom and my aunt and I went and saw Mary Poppins the other night, and there was a commercial for Dumbo. And my mom and I looked over at each other, darn near tearing up, because she used to sing, like, um, the Baby Mine song to us all the time as kids. So, like, they played that song in the background, and, like, granted, in the trailer, it seemed kind of eerie. Um, but, yeah, that is going to be a really good one. It'll be interesting to see how they do it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen Dumbo all the way through. Really? It's been years, probably mm-hmm. been 10 years for me, but I remember her singing that song to Ryan and I like 
all the time growing up. Because you're a big fan of Dumbo. I mean, you're a big fan of elephants to begin with, but, like, Dumbo in particular, right? Yeah, and actually elephants, um, they, like, studied elephants' brains, and they, when they see humans, it's the same brain reaction as when humans see puppies. Mm -hmm. So they basically see us as if we're, like, cute little puppies to them, which I just think is precious. That's amazing. But, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I didn't actually see the trailer until I was... In the movie theater, like, two days ago, though, which is surprising. But um, that's probably the one nighttime song that Ryan and I didn't modify because, like, Mom would sing a song and Ryan and I would put into a rap form or, like, <laughs> do some, like, different thing. Like, she used to sing, like, John Henry and, like, we would, like, I don't know, rap it out or something. Or, like, Ryan would rap and Mom and I would be, like, the backup singers. Like, weird stuff. But with, like, Dumbo songs, we would never do that. And so... I don't know, it, like, holds a special place in my heart, so I'll definitely see it. And so I think, I'm sure I you think will Mason's too. question was actually getting to the point that he'd want to do a date night with his wife. Oh, yeah? No, we should do a double date. Hey, yeah. Mason, shout so, out. Let's do it. So maybe not Dumbo, because it sounds like a very sentimental movie to Lauren and her mom, but... Yeah, that's true. Um, I actually... What you soon, though? Mason, to put things in perspective here, I made a list of 2019 movies that I want to see... And give me a second here. Movie watch list. No, it's a different list. That's just movies in general. Favorite movies. Yeah, so I made a movie of, or a list of movies that I want to see this year. Lauren, the list is 28 movies long. Ooh, let's do it. So that's a lot of date nights. One of those being Dumbo. So I guess 27 movies that we could potentially see with you and Trudy. So. Yeah, good people though. Great people. Great company. Lauren, guess who wrote in with three of the six questions that we got this week? I'm assuming Travis. Executive producer of the show, <laughs> Travis writes in. He says, rat each other out. What's the most embarrassing thing you've seen them do? Oh, gosh. I have to think about this one now. I've got one that comes off, like, right to the top of my head. I do a lot head. of embarrassing stuff. So the other day, I told Lauren that Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay, we don't need to get into that. It, we're going to do it anyways. I'm not a fan. Shh, quiet. You hear that? You hear that? You hear that? <laughs> Crickets, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so she said, oh, I told her Dwayne Haskins was declaring for the NFL. She's like, oh, that's awesome. Which team do you think he's going to pick? Where do you, where is he gonna, where do you, where do you think he's going to choose to go? And I was like, well, Lauren, there's this really cool thing that happens in the spring. It's called the NFL draft. Okay, I know there's a draft, but I would like to assume that people have a choice in their future. No, they're drafted. That sucks. Yeah. There's what if it's a team that they don't want? I understand that they're going to be paid millions of dollars to do this, so they probably are good with any team. But, like, what if they wanted a different team? I wish that they could, like, choose. You know, people could bid on them or something, and then they could choose. Well, I think it kind of just sucks to suck because, I mean, you're choosing between... You're talking about, like, $50 million contracts here. Yeah. I'm not really going to argue where I'm going at that point. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. What about me? What's the most I mean, embarrassing thing you've seen me do? I mean, I'm not getting paid $50 million a year, so... <sighs> Honey, I wish you had given this one to me beforehand so I could think of it. Okay, well, let me keep thinking because I feel like there was one other thing that I really wanted to say that, uh, oh, perfect example. Okay, you keep thinking. Well, what about the thing that just happened like two minutes ago? We're not, no, that's <laughs> like not talking. Well, we can, okay. please don't talk no, about it. No, no, I won't talk about it. Um, there's some things you don't talk about. No, there's definitely some things we you don't went talk on, about. We went on a quick break and uh, 
there's there's an embarrassing story there, but I won't share. No, we will not. Because I love my husband. Thank you. And I want to keep my marriage intact. So anyways, Lauren and I were the, uh, we were in a wedding this past winter, right when you came back from the second Japan trip. Yeah, that's how we met Mason. Yeah, hello Mason, what's up man? And so we, uh, after the wedding. Okay, to be fair, I stayed up my entire last night in Japan because everyone was like, yeah, it'll help you beat jet lag. I had a 4 a.m. bus. Like, I didn't want to miss my bus to the airport because I was going to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no way that I was going to stay another day because I just wanted to be home. And so I stayed up the entire last night, came home, 14 hours of travel, like, came home on a Thursday. So I left on a Thursday in Japan, got home on a Thursday, U.S. time because of the time difference. You're in the future. Yeah, pretty much. 14 hours of travel and you only loot, like... You only spend two hours, technically. And um, then that Saturday, um, I was maid of honor in a wedding. So, like, Friday night, we, you know, drove to the wedding area, and I drank lots of Red Bull. And um, I'm going to call for my father. I'll get that later. <laughs> and uh, then Saturday, yeah, it was a long day. So I was, like, pounding Red Bull. So if I didn't, you know, if I did something embarrassing, you know, I have full, full rights to do so because I was exhausted. Oh, no, totally. No, I respect oh, that entirely. Oh, is that entirely. the one where I, like, woke up and didn't know who I was? Far better than that, all right? Don't sell yourself too short here. <laughs> so Lauren and I went to this wedding, and by no, you know, negative means to the bride and groom, it was a dry wedding, which is totally fine. Lauren, I have nothing against that. But Lauren, given the stress that she was under being the matron of honor with all the travel that she just expressed and talked about and having to get in front of quite literally 100-plus people to give a speech was... The speech went well, though. It, beautifully. Quite anxiety-provoking. And so she gave the speech. It was great. We had the wedding. All went very well. Great friends. We actually met them for lunch yesterday to check in. It was all, all good times. So afterwards, it was super early. Wedding, wedding ended a little early. The send-off went earlier than expected. Laura and I were at this point in our alma mater's hometown, mm-hmm. and we have a great little Irish pub there that we were just like, "Hey, let's let's pop over there for." Um, a f- we don't a f- need to tell the story. It's okay. You're gonna make me sound silly. No, we're gonna tell. It's great. It's <laughs> wonderful. Great little story. If you have a more embarrassing story, by all means, please no, tell I it. No, I don't. I'm trying to think. Okay, so Laura and I pop over. We get like an appetizer. I think we got um, some hummus and pita. I had like two to doesn't matter number of beers. Lauren had a, um, like a Long Island and I think a margarita. No, I didn't. I had a mimosa and a Long Island. Same thing. So she had a couple drinks. We we were fine. Oh, we were, no, we were not in any way. Yeah, I mean, we were, like, I can, I mean, with food and everything, like, we were fine to drive. Yeah, no, we were. There was no concern there. No, that's not the point of the story. Oh, I know. I'm just making sure listeners understand that we're not, like, promoting that. No, we are no way promoting that. And we were fine. And we were okay to drive because we were literally going... I was jet-lagged, so I wasn't fine to drive, not, which is why you Not drove. 300 yards to get to the bride and groom's apartment because we were bringing back the leftover wedding cake for them because they were staying at, like, an Airbnb. Yeah, we were pet-sitting. Near the, yeah, and we were pet-sitting for them. So, the, literally, their apartment was not 300 yards from where we had just gotten food and a couple of drinks. And so BG, the place that we went to school at, is there's just the way everything is structured with parking lots and the streets and everything like that. It's very awkward. So we pulled out of this don't pull out of here zone. Mm-hmm. And I turned Basically, right. Basically, you could only pull into this parking lot. And then you had to take a back way out on like a side street. That was one way. It was way too complex. And we hadn't been there in probably a year and a half, two years. So 
We didn't even see it. And there were no cars coming to my right, so I just thought, okay, well, I'll just quickly back up and pull out here. It's fine. Get back on the main street. Not a big deal. Well, Rusty, it is a big deal when there's a cop literally sitting right there at a red light. And so immediately when I turn out, light goes on. His lights are flickering. We pull into the nearest CVS. And I'm like, okay, well, we're fine. Not a big deal. You know, we're not in any way slurring our words. We're perfectly sober. We're, yeah. you know, not, not no, a big deal. fine. But... Lauren's like freaking out and she's just like, Rusty, get out of the car. Okay, so so I haven't pulled over in a very long time. And so like, and I was jet lagged so bad. So like my mind was mush at this point. Like, I don't know, you, it changes you when you have such like a deprivation of sleep. Like I was so deprived and yeah, I don't know. I struggled, so I was like, Rusty, like, oh my gosh, like, see what he, see what he wants. You, you quite literally said, Rusty, get out of the car and see what he wants. <laughs> I said, like, Lauren, if I open my door, he's either going to shoot me in the chest or tase me, and I'm going to be, like, okay. fumbling around on the yeah. ground, like, foam coming out of my mouth. Typically, typically I'm very coherent, but at that point, I was gone to the world. It took me, like, two weeks to really recover from that trip. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still recovering, actually. No, you are. And I guess to end of the story, like, he, he was fine. He basically just said, like... He was a really nice guy. He was a really great guy. He said, did you see the signs? I'm like, honestly, officer, I'm sorry. I just missed it. We just got back from a wedding. And he Like, knew literally, the cake is in our back seat. We were still dressed up. He saw in the back seat that we had cake and stuff. He's like, yep, totally not a big deal. Leave, leave you off with a warning. You're all good. I'm like, okay, thank you. Have a great night. Well, and, like, it was the last weekend before finals for kids. So, I'm like, there are probably so many kids at parties right now that, like, well, we you saw. have bigger issues than, like, us turning right out of a... We saw, like, as we were iron. parked in front of CVS, there were kids, like, in high heels and, like, butt-cut dresses, like, yeah. stumbling their way to the next bar. So and we I was were, like, like, some of these people were... <laughs> Not of age. And so I'm like, dude, like, we're the least of your concerns, but thank you so much. Because we were so appreciative that, you know, he didn't give us a ticket. But, yeah, you could see, like, my hair and makeup was done. I was in a bridesmaid's dress. Like, we're not kidding around. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Wasn't we were freaking deal. out. Yeah. Yeah. No, please, I want you to embarrass me. Like, I know. There... You should have told me earlier so I can think of something. Because anything I'm thinking of, it wouldn't actually embarrass you. Like, we had... Let's see. We had... um Oh, maybe this one. Perfect. Okay, so we first so when we first started dating, um, like I had dated a couple people before Rusty, and I was Rusty's first girlfriend, and so we were I don't know a month into our relationship or something, and um, I was on internship, so I was like I don't know our first eight months were long distance basically, and so we were in my parents' basement and on this couch and. We, you know, we're having good conversations oh, and wow. stuff. And I was here, like, I'm a super, like, cuddly, touchy-feely person. So, like, I don't know. I, you know, had a crush on you and everything. So I was super excited to, like, you know, hug you. And so Rusty puts his arm around me, right? And he turns to me and looks me, like, dead in the eyes. And he's like, I just want you to know that this is as far as this is going to go. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to meet him where he's at. You know, he, you know, I'm his first girlfriend. I'm going to be super patient with him. And I was like, okay. I was like, I can work with this. You know, at least there's some physical touch here. And, uh, you know, now we're married and, you know, things progressed. Basically, um, I, the but... real story is here. I was sitting on the opposite side of the room and I said, listen, we're going to connect through the force. And this is basically. Yeah, we're just going to look at each other for the next 60 years. Yeah. How about that? That's going to be great. The, the midichlorians are basically going to be how we're going to have children. Yeah, there you go. There's going to be spawns. And little Anakin's growing over and there. And little gizmos. Yeah. Yeah, and then I guess another time 
this wouldn't really embarrass Rusty, but we had a work Christmas party last year with my old team. There's probably 30 of us over at my boss's house. And like my boss is super into karaoke and I don't know, you're like around, you know, work people. So most people shy away from that kind of thing. And so everyone was like hesitant, like, yeah, I'm going to go grab another drink or something. And um, no one really wanted to karaoke. And then Rusty just like raises his hand. He's like, dude, let's do it. And Heck so yeah. him, and, him and my manager just go and like, what song do you have? We sing like, Living on, on Prayer. Prayer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so that's not necessarily embarrassing for Rusty, but I was kind of freaking out. Um, no, I'm... See, I get like... Yeah. Here's the thing about me. I know people get insecure and worried about that outward appearance, especially in parties when you don't know a lot of the people... Even if you do know a lot of the people, my thing is I just can't sing. Yeah, no, and, that see, too. and, and no, and that's that's the point too. That's part of the point is that you you think you can't sing, you very well know you can't sing. It sounds like you know fingernails on a chalkboard, and that's fine because I cannot sing. But I think yeah, it's important. No, no, no. Voice. Let me finish here because <laughs> I think it's so important to pull people out of their shell and know that there can be so much joy and laughter and fun when everyone is a part of that mm. experience because 100%. when you and I were on our honeymoon and you know we went to this like essentially pool party at a resort bunch of they had like a little karaoke thing going on and you especially when I met you and you and I have grown very much personally socially mm. and in so many different areas of our both of our lives because mm. of each other we've just yeah. encouraged and, we've, and pressed into we've those different each areas other out. yeah but i think you know you never when i first met you would have karaoke. But one of your favorite songs is Bubbly by Coldy mm-hmm. Caveat. Cal- Caveat, whatever the heck it, you pronounce her Calais. name. Calais. Sure. Coldy Calais. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So Frank basically, Sinatra, I, love, I love that song because it's also within my range. And so I feel comfortable singing it and I can belt it out in the car, like in the car just driving. But it's not one that you even have to belt out. So it like, I don't know, I have a soft spoken voice and my range is so-so. And that one fits within... Um, like my vocal range that I learned in choir. And um, yeah, so on my honey or on our honeymoon, you sang Slide and I sang by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, which if you ever get a chance to go to their concert, do it because it's amazing. And uh, yeah, I sang Bubbly. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I think just pulling each other out of each other's shells and figuring out like if there are insecurities or areas that you can press into, it's it's really important. Because yeah. I've been there, right? Like I've been in an area of my life when I was very insecure and and many of my – everyone has insecurities, you know, and I still will always will. But I think it's important, especially in areas or in, in times in your life, especially when you're at a party like that, mm. where I think the insecurity needs to just kind of go away because once someone can break that ice, whoever that is – and I try to be that person to let people know that like, hey, even though I don't know anyone here, which I did not, yeah. I knew you and that was it. Mm. But it's like if I can do this in front of you guys – not knowing who any of you are, any of you guys can get up here because we're all friends and it's just so important to, I think, adopt and embrace the mindset of like as as stupid and millennial as it may sound, YOLO. I think that's yeah. in many ways in a healthy regard. Again, you know, caution. I caution listeners when I say that you only live once. But like I think it's, it's so important it's to – It's just important to break free of some of that. But – You've come very far in that because when I met you, like in college, it was just, you know, studying and that was it. No, yeah. And so, like, you've come very far in um, 
I don't know, getting out of your comfort zone and, you know, having a drink here and there and interacting with people who you previously would have never interacted with. And I think that's important. And like for me, I'm a complete, you know, introvert. I'm happy, you know, reading and doing my own thing, but love interacting with people in small groups. Mm -hmm. And so when it's, when it's a small group, three to four, hundred percent will lead the group and I'm ready to go. If it's a one-on-one over a coffee date, hundred percent all in, we'll talk for eight hours. But if it's a group of 30, that's where I struggle. Totally. And I understand that. You yeah, know what I mean? So like, I love you and, you know, other people karaokeing. And that's why I say like, you won't be embarrassed by it. And I'll get like, I'll blush a little bit during those things because I still, you know, it makes me anxious. And there's, that's perfectly healthy too, as far as like you being an introvert and maybe there were other, there were 29 other introverts there. Yeah. Even if they stay quiet if they're yeah. just like in the moment and listening and laughing like that's that's good too and like we, that's so important so like ryan rusty and i and my parents are going on a cruise this summer and um i sent like an itinerary list and like the free items on the cruise to the family chat and i was like guys look there's like karaoke oh that's hell free. yes there's trivia there's a casino that like is free to enter and then you you know enter at your own risk and my your mom risk. <laughs> come on now my um my mom, like my dad and I are very much like have a similar personality and so does my brother and my mom is very outgoing. Um, she has the gift of gab, so my dad says. And so my mom responded to the group chat and she's like, oh yeah, you know your dad will be the first one up at karaoke just as a joke. And um, I was like, we, we will all enjoy it. Rusty will enjoy singing and I will enjoy 100% watching him. I love like watching you karaoke, watching you get into that rhythm and I'm happy just observing. Totally. And like once in a while I'll get out there, like, you know, in Japan, karaoke is a really big thing and they're open 24 hours and I, you know, belt my heart out and, you know, it's very off pitch, but, um, you know, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to get outside your comfort zone and, um, I don't know, make those goals for yourself. Like I listen to the moth, which is like people telling stories and everything. And they have a lot of open mics. So I made a five-year goal of, um, the things that I want to do, you know, before twenty nine thirty, and one of them is an open mic night for the moth, and I don't know, just different things that will grow you, and um, I don't know, change your perspective. I think is important. Yeah, it's totally unrelated to maybe video games. Maybe it's related, but you can like grow your <clears throat> comfort zone within the realm of video games and even comic cons and meeting people, and yeah, it's important. No, totally. I mean, I think maybe just to wrap all that up, I think challenging yourself and surrounding yourself with people that challenge you is mm-hmm. one of the most important things that you can do because as cliche as it may sound, and Ryan and I think hit on it in our New Year's episode, you are the five people you hang around with. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think just continuing to challenge yourself as you go into this new year, I think resolutions are kind of BS in many regards, but I think just having a set of things that you're constantly working through whether it's a three-year, five-year, 10-year, three-month, five-month, 10-month goal, um, just continuing to track towards that and having people in your life that hold you accountable to it is very important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like even something that a lot of my friends have been doing is just picking a word that you want to describe the year. Like last year, I think I picked courage or bold or something just to like, you know, this is going to be the theme of the year and this is going to be something that I constantly strive for. And unfortunately for you and Ryan, I'm one of those five people in the realm of your life. So... You get to deal with me and my obsession with dogs and (sighs) my gizmo tendencies. All right. So the next question comes in (laughs) from Travis also. He says, what's a game or movie that each loves but the other hates? Hmm. 
Well, for me, one that I absolutely adore that you fell asleep during no, Flicka. is Flicka. And I know that was like on my top 10 movies list, but it's the only movie that has consistently made me cry. Like, I don't really cry at movies, never cried at Titanic. Like, yeah, but Flicka, I know, Rusty loves Titanic. And it's a great movie, it really is, but it never made me cry. Mm-hmm. And Flicka, I, every single time, without fail, I will cry at the movie. It's just such, I don't know, it tells a story not only of like this girl and her love for a horse, but it's also like a very much a father-daughter film. Um, and it plays on that relationship. And with me being so close to my dad, it just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And so I love that film and Rusty fell asleep and we've never revisited that movie since. So that's might not have a movie night, but yeah, I don't think I'm going to commit to that anytime soon. Yeah. Well, you loved, what was that other one? Um, spirit spirit. Yeah. You loved spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See other horse movies. I that's don't because it was DreamWorks story. animation. It was much more. Ah, you'd love it. Anyway. Anyways, so a movie that I love that Lauren does just absolutely despises. I mean, I seriously have tried to watch the movie with her a million times, and she doesn't even get across the opening monologue. It's this, like, really kind of obscure indie film called Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Lauren just cannot get into it. There's this character I fall who, asleep every who, time. who I believe to be, like, one of the greatest fictional characters of all time. She think is the most unattractive, stubborn, arrogant a-holes, Aragorn. I mean that hair. I mean, are you kidding? No, he's a beautiful man. He's the greatest. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen. Oh. What's up, man? He's just a good guy, too. See, he bought his horse or, like, a couple of the horses on set and gave them to people. Well, he bought the horse that Arwen rode yeah. and gave it to her stunt double. So, yeah. So Liv he's Tyler. just a good guy. Mm-hmm. And he likes horses, so maybe he'd watch Flicka with me. I'm going to get sick. No, is there actually a movie that I hate that you like? I don't Besides think every you... scary movie? Oh, yeah. I've watched quite a few Sc- with you. You have. I'm proud of you, actually. Thanks. Um, scary movies is just a genre of film that I don't, don't think you get the same enjoyment out of as no. I do. Um, I almost have to know the plot going in for me to enjoy it at all. Yeah. But Because um, if there's any, like, I don't know, people jumping out, I don't enjoy that. I think there's films that you tolerate that are okay with, that you find entertaining, that I adore. Like what? Like Titanic. I, I think that was really well done. It's not one that I could watch every weekend, which I think you could, but it's definitely well done. Yeah. I, I have an appreciation for it. While I'm it kind of like an favorite. absolute sap when it comes to, like, yeah. romantic movies. Yeah. It's Except like, for Flicka. I could be, you know, rom-com kind of. Get that garbage out of here. Okay, the next <laughs> no, question. No, it is nice to have, you know, a husband that likes rom-coms. Yeah. Because what was that one? Leap Year is amazing. Oh, Amy Adams? Yeah. Terrific little Irish film. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Cliffs of Moore. Who? What's in there? The Cliffs of Moore. Sure. Yeah. That's beautiful. Dean probably knows what's going on there. Yeah. The Cliffs I'm of sure. Moore? Yeah. Speaking it's like of. It's a really famous place. Little question, little thing that Lauren and I want to talk about here. You want to talk about this, right? I assume. Yeah. I don't know. You so know me pretty well. One of the things that Laura and I really want to do because our parents are, they're not old, but they're getting up there. They're I getting mean, they're to, like, you know, approaching 60. In my the dad will be years. 60 this year. And one of the things that Laura and I want to do um, while they're still mobile, while they're still able to get around and travel, and go Ryan hiking and stuff like too. that. Yeah. Um, I want to take my dad to Ireland because we are Irish. And uh, my, my grandmother um, is. Irish, like her, her father, I think either came from Ireland or maybe it was the generation before that. Um, but regardless, my dad and I mm. in the next two years are going to take a trip to Ireland together. 
So, Dean, I'm looking at you, man. You need to show me all the places. We can go pub hopping. You can show me all the sites, the the nice, like, uh, scenery of Uh, Ireland. One of my friends from work did that. Him and his family just went, like, pub hopping and, like, just the... The countryside in Ireland, oh, and they the said that's almost be so better beautiful. than Dublin. Yeah, um, because Dublin's like similar to you know any larger city that you'll find, but like just like I don't know the foothills of Ireland. Oh, I want to go into like the what do they call those? Um, gosh, why can't I think about it right now? But like um, kind of just the scummy bars that no one like. Yeah, the dive bars, dive, dive bars, bars is what I was going to going yeah. for. Um, not like the super popular places because yeah. those places like yeah you can get nice fish and chips, but no. I want to go to the place that has, like, the best fish and chips and uh, well, just little, Pilsner like, in town. Yeah, just, like, local places that you would never know. They're off the beaten path, but it's, like, what the locals would go to, not where you find on every, like, travel website. But similarly, Ryan had the great idea and spinoff of um, us both taking a trip with each of our parents. So we're doing, you know, the big family trip um on the cruise this summer um where are we going we're going to alaska because mm. my grandpa always wanted to go on an alaskan cruise and never got a chance and so we want to do these things before you know i don't know well we're all still together and mobile and everything so it's a three-day um land tour and then a seven-day cruise and we were thinking of places where we'd take our parents and so like i would take a trip with my mom and i would take a trip with my dad and same with ryan he'd take a trip um, just him and mom and him and dad. And um, my dad always, we're German, we're Irish, we're kind of, you know, Armenian, we're a little bit of everything, Holland Dutch, the whole bit. And um, my dad went to Oktoberfest back in the day. And so I'm I'm thinking of, you know, my trip being Oktoberfest. And also we found a way to very inexpensively go to Switzerland and Austria as well, maybe just a seven-day hop around there. And then Ryan wants to go to Hawaii with my mom because she went on like a high school choir trip to Hawaii and always talks about it. And so for them to revisit that is huge. The other two trips we don't really have figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like So like my dad's trip with Ryan and my mom's trip with me. But yeah. yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, while we, you know, pre-kids, even if we have kids, I mean, if they're young, we can figure that out with babysitting and um, just going on those trips. Well, while. plus, like if you went to your journey with your dad when I was home, yeah, I can, could take I care mean, of the kids yeah. and vice versa. Not a big deal. And mm-hmm. just finding that time because you don't get that back. And I think very much like our parents' generation is, you know, about having a larger home and, you know, just stability in general, which is so important, um, just financial stability. And then, but our generation is very much like we'll have a smaller home. We'll have, you know, maybe a little apartment or a condo or something. But just having those experiences is so important to us, those memories. So even like this past Christmas, we didn't really do a lot of gifts. We just, you know, Ryan and I treated our parents to dinner. It was a way, nice meal. Like we and put, it was we a took nice them meal. To yeah, we took them to like a good restaurant. One of the and, finest restaurants in town. Yeah. And it was still pretty reasonable. I mean, if you're splitting it and... Um, we still got appetizers and everything and just having, you know, a couple hours where we could just sit and have good conversation. Um, granted we all live pretty close. We do that anyway, but it, we don't really need stuff. We need those memories and just that 
relationship building. It's so like intentional relationship building. Well, this podcast has gone from like video games to just like... Yeah, so we need to lighten this up with another question. Gosh, we're like talking about like parents dying and like having (laughs) last meals with calamari and like fish and just... just good meals. Final supper and... This is why Gizmo doesn't get... Oh my gosh, this is why you don't come on the podcast very often. So Travis writes in, his final question is, if you could have a final meal with your parents... Wow, see, it's got dark too. I'm just kidding. (laughs) His final question is... What are your favorite games and movies to play and watch together? Hmm. So I mean, we just played Mario Party. Um, I think like mine, at least with Ryan, is Super Smash Brothers. Um, and I think we all had a lot of fun doing that in college, of just having a big group of people over and doing that. Um, as far as you and I, I don't know if we really play that many games. We don't do anything together, really. Yeah, we, we try to avoid each other at all costs. Mostly, yeah. I mean, as long as you're in the same room as I am, I'm pretty much... High telling it out of out of there and finding the nearest exit. That or you're trying to find like another course light that you can open and or noise canceling headphones usually yeah. does it too. That's why I bought them for you, so mm-hmm. you don't have to listen to me talk. Pretty much. Yeah. No, but in all honesty, <laughs> so basically, Lauren and I, when we first got married, we spent like the first two months of our marriage. Oh yeah. Eating watermelon. Oh yeah, we and watching many. Grey's Anatomy. So Grey's Anatomy is very much one that you're like, oh, at that time it was like eleven or twelve seasons. We're like. That's too much. That's really intimidating. And then we just went for it. And then two months later, we were like, where's season 17? Because we've watched... We we blew through that. And then we went through This Is Us. Or no. Yeah. Yeah? And mm-hmm. then what was the other one? Well, we, well, we went... went through the parenthood. parenthood. Parenthood was the big one that we went through as a newly married couple. And mm. then we also went through Gilmore Girls. And now... We just restarted Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones and restarted for you. First time watching yeah. for me. Yeah. So I've gotten wow. through season four and Rusty is now officially three episodes in to season the one. The production values on this show is like nothing I've experienced from a show that started how many years ago did Game yeah, of Thrones start? I don't start? know, but it's amazing. Ten years ago maybe? Yeah, Mother of Dragons. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, there, there's so many things in this show that are kind of striking to me. First of all, <laughs> the nudity is a little bit like, whoa, I did not expect... Well, and, like, Rusty gives me a hard time because for him in the beginning, he was very, like, the beginning of our relationship, he was very, very conservative. So I was watching Game of Thrones, and he was like, oh, is that something that I'd like? And I told him, like, you should not start this show because it will be too much for you. (laughs) And for you at the time, it would have been. You would not have enjoyed that. Probably. You would have thought, like, this is too much. Who is this girl that I'm dating that's watching, like, all of these sex scenes and just brutal murders Mm -hmm. and now you have an appreciation for it because it furthers the plot and whatnot yeah because even like um Daenerys so the mother of dragons she I follow her on every form of social media if I had a twitter I'd probably you know follow her on that well if you Um, if you were on if I used if I used my two twitter Mm -hmm, accounts mm -hmm. yeah and um she got interviewed about it because they're like you know your main character how are you okay with nudity and she was like if it's done tastefully in order to further my character and provide insight into my character, I'm okay with that. If it's just done to be done, I will talk to the, you know, the producer, the director about it, and I'll fight that one. But I don't know, I I think she's just adorable and just her and I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays Jon Snow, they have such a strong friendship in real life. Kit Harrington, I think is his name. Okay. Well he mm-hmm. he is just seems like a great guy too but the cast seems so close and I really appreciate that because so many casts fake it and you can tell in the production value and yeah I think you're really gonna like it I think there's gonna be some 
areas where you're just going to wince at people who get killed and well, no, just no, no reading spoilers because you do that and don't no, do I will it. not. I will not. This is sh- I mean, that would be like writing or reading like if you and I just met and I, for some reason unbeknownst to me, had never seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and you were like, no, Rusty, this is seriously going to change your life. Yeah, don't do it. Then I would never in a million years like yeah. if we started with well, let, let's start with the Hobbit movies just so you have the backstory. Yeah, and then we got to Fellowship. Like I would in no way. Yeah. Look at the plot for Return of the King yeah. to see, you know, and it's very much like Lord of the Rings. Something that I like deeply care about, particularly when it is science fiction, medieval, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. I will in no way look up any plot details Good. because it is something that I really want to be surprised about. Yeah. And Game of Thrones is no different. I was, I already have my hit list of characters that I'm like. You know, if if they don't write them out in the show, then I might have to hire, you know, Agent 47 to do my bidding oh, and take out these people with a sniper rifle because there's, like, particularly the brother of the Mother and Dragons. Yeah. Absolute a-hole. Can't stand yeah. the guy. The blonde guy. I don't know his name. Yeah. He basically looks like a skinny Loki or, like, yeah. wannabe Loki kind of yeah, deal blonde with blonde Loki. hair. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't stand the guy. The the young what is his name like Joffrey or something like that yeah. the young prince yeah. of yeah can't stand him you have no idea yeah well apparently <laughs> like the like, most hated like character. you were saying like people like literally spit on him in public yeah the actor yeah he's gone on a lot of talk shows about it of like I'm actually a pretty good guy like my character is just like well it's funny bringing that up Lauren because I was actually reading an article the other day that the actor who played um, Jar Jar Binks mm-hmm. his name escapes me right now but I was reading an article that shortly after the the release of The Phantom Menace, episode one, when Jar Jar, of course, was in that film, um, his character was ridiculed so much, and by association, the actor who portrayed him was got received so much negativity that he entered into a deep depression to the point where he was very nearly going to commit suicide because so sad. he had received so much backlash about his character, which I think is so wrong and he did a great job with his character you can't help like that the character i mean it was lucas like if you're gonna yeah. ridicule anyone ridicule lucas the person for, who actually wrote it for writing that character into the show not the person who was literally held like handed a script and said make these it. noises yeah. become this person yeah um and so it's just so sad it is and it's very much the same oh, i'm not gonna get into star wars i was about to say start talking about the last jedi don't do it not gonna get into it because people write in about Ryan Johnson, the script, and the, the way the direction, and all that kind of craziness. But for anyone that didn't like, you know, Jar Jar's character, I get it. But to have, like, death threats and things like that, even, like, The Last Jedi with Ryan Johnson, like, death threats, it's just like... It should never impact your life outside of this This is a film. work of fiction. Yeah. It's a movie. It's there for entertainment. If you don't like the direction, that's one thing. Move but on. Yeah. There are bigger things in life. Don't actually threaten this person's life. I mean, he put his heart and soul into it, regardless if you agree or disagree or offended or whatnot. Like... It should never impact the person's mental state. No. They should never go into a depression. And it, and if it, yeah, for sure. And on the other side of the coin, if the viewer of that material gets so upset to the point where they feel like they need to go to that person's Twitter and shoot death threats at them, mm-hmm. consult a shrink. Yeah. And I, I don't say that in a derogatory sense. No, I really mean consult it like someone consult someone. It. Because if, it, if you're so upset about a Star Wars film or Ed Sheeran being in a, in a Game of Thrones episode, he literally deleted his Twitter account because people gave him so much backlash 
about a one and a half minute Why? appearance in a show. I didn't realize that. He did. He deleted his Twitter account because well, he... people were so negative about all of two sentences of dialogue in a show. He got rid of his phone for a while and he said he's never felt more free. Yeah. That's why I kept a dumb phone until senior year of college. Like That's people, why I don't get on Twitter. I mean, people, people can be so toxic. I received just, it when I was on my YouTube channel. People call me a queer or gay or whatever. And you know what? What if I was? And that's ridiculous. That's though. okay. Yeah. Like, that's don't. fine. Like, these people are just sick. Well, and there's a lot of people who I think are very insecure and they use that as an outlet and they just troll because there's no countermeasure and there's no accountability on a social media site. That's why, like, People get bullied so much in high school just online and it's so depressing. Not even high school, like in all stages of life. And that should never happen. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's ridiculous. And yeah, no, I, I think people on social media need to just take a deep breath and recognize where they're at. Because if I was to go back into the entirety of your Facebook and Instagram and Twitter posts, I'm sure I could find some pretty um, significant garbage to throw back at you. That and like just, I mean, you never would, but just meeting them like you know, when we first started dating, meeting them where they're at, people mm -hmm. all go through stuff and people are all struggling and that's more of an outlet because they're probably hurting. They're not reaching out and trying to insult you because they actually probably feel that way. They're probably hurting and dealing with something on their own. And that's an outlet for them to elevate themselves by, you know, throwing people down. Mm -hmm. But we're getting real deep on Gosh, this. yeah, I'm just getting <laughs> Sorry, way too heated. But Game of Thrones, returning so, to that. yeah, we're excited about that show. Really excited about that. Not only, I read an article earlier this week that the, I think it was the president of HBO, the CEO mm, of HBO, yeah. whoever it was, has seen the final six episodes for season eight, I believe, of Game of Thrones to be aired early, later this year. Mm. And he said that he was, quote unquote, in complete awe of what he saw. Yeah. He also said that each episode is like watching a feature length film it's so well done we should marathon it after this oh shoot we have work tomorrow and i gotta edit this podcast so only three episodes they're only an hour each right it's what we take, did last night it's gonna take me like over an hour to edit all this upload oh, really? it do the show notes we and all that kind edit of stuff me out of every three seconds of this podcast so. yeah and so by then it's gonna be nine o'clock which is gonna be well past your bedtime well we have to make this soup anyway yeah so grown-up things we gotta do but uh like laundry <laughs> Great. <laughs> Lauren, do you have anything else to add to this episode? Or is it done? Yeah, that's it. It's been great. Thank you for having me on again. Yep, never going to happen again. So I thank know. you all you <laughs> fine folks out there for listening to the show. Uh, I know Ryan and I definitely appreciate it. Lauren appreciates it because... It gives you guys some guy time. Yeah, and it gets and you time to kind of just relax. It gives me some gizmo time. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, thank you, Travis. Thank you... I want to say thank you, Ryan, but those were just complete ridiculous questions. That... <laughs> but we appreciate your effort. Yeah, we really do. Who else wrote in? Because I want to make sure we give thank everyone you, credit here. Mason, we'll Mason. We'll double date soon. Yeah, we'll double date sometime. And uh, just thank you for continued support of the show. Um, this is something that's been a, a passion project of mine mm. in the works for a number of years. It's certainly been something I've been wanting to do for a number of years. But to see you know, it kind of come to fruition here, 30 episodes in after Ryan and I released the pre-recorded Kingdom Hearts episode next week. Um, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that people listen, people support it, people write into the show, people reach out to me and saying they enjoy it. Even if it's only a handful of you, it means a lot. So thank you for that. And uh, Ryan and I have a very special pre-recorded episode of all things Kingdom Hearts leading into the long-anticipated Kingdom Hearts 3 release that'll be coming out January 29th. Ryan and I record, or uh, 
upload this Kingdom Hearts episode a week from today. What you're listening to now will be coming out later this evening. I've heard the new episode. It's great. Definitely follow up and listen to it and get excited for Kingdom Hearts. Oh, and I'm sure Ryan's yeah. going to have a lot of stories from Japan about I Kingdom hope so. Hearts and After his he's time in Tokyo. gone so. into hibernation for about three and a half months. Yeah, yeah. If you guys record, like, the day after he gets back, just be prepared that, like, I don't know if Rusty told the story of, like, me waking up and, like, not knowing who I was or who Rusty was or what planet I was on, but that's probably where Ryan's going to be at, so just bear with him as, you know, he wakes up out of hibernation. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening so much. Thank you. And we will see you in the special Kingdom Hearts hype episode. Have a great week. Later. Later.